You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. WA. My name's Sean Kelly and I'll be with you for the next two hours with the World Football Programme. Thanks to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Celtic ramblings. Always good to, to listen to those boys on the drive in and they are wonderful people. So thanks guys. In two hours, Lenny will be in with the jazz show and in between, uh, me and the crew will be filling in and in the studio today we have the as the producer is, <laughs> is young Matilda Miranda Templeman. Good morning, Miranda. Morning, Sean. How are you? Good, thanks. And somewhere on the way is the third wheel in uh, Hugh Best. Hopefully he'll be on his way in. And if he's not, hope everything's all right with you. Hugh, hadn't had a message from him, but, you know, we'll, we'll get through it, whatever. Um, on the show today, we've got uh, Alex Epicus, who is the... Glory W League coach. Um, probably not the best season they've had, but uh, lots of good things happening in that space. So we'll talk to Alex when uh, we get a chance. Then we're going to follow up with Greg Farrell from West Coast Football, sponsor of the show, but uh, also a very, very busy man over Easter. They had lots and lots going on in the futsal space. Mm-hmm. So be good to catch up with him and see what's going on. Um, we were going to have... Um, Ben Anderson on, but for some reason we're having some technical problems there, so we'll we'll find something to do in that time, Miranda. <laughs> and then we're going to finish out the show with Gregor Hart from Ashfield, and we'll talk to him about the Ashfield project and where it's all headed this year. Um, in local news and national news, Glory robbed. Yeah, no, I did catch the game. It definitely wasn't the result we were looking for. But It's interesting what media you listen to, though, because I, I watched the um, interview afterwards with Garcia and mm-hmm. it was quite obvious that you know, his body language, he was yeah. not a happy man. And then you, you watch a couple of those incidents and, and particularly the penalty and you're thinking, 
how? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And, you know, they do have VAR in the A-League, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. But I do know that after the W-League semi-final as well with um, Brisbane Raw versus Melbourne Victory, Jake Goodship, the Brisbane Raw coach, came out. He's pr- probably gotten fined for it, by the way. <laughs> but yeah. um, came out and saying, you know, they lost 6-2. But mm. there was a lot of, you know, momentum shifts with decisions. I just thought it was interesting uh, the communications that Garcia had with the the referee Mm -hmm. and the officials uh, and he was going, well, they're not talking to us and and they wouldn't explain decisions, didn't even tell him why the players had to come off and and then conducted interviews and if it was about player safety, then why were the interviews being conducted and lots going on and then mentioned things about conflict of interest. I don't know how much trouble he'll get himself into. (laughs) No, no, but it's always always hard. You know, you go go over there, you play the Smurfs, it's going to be a hard game Mm -hmm. just just with the, the football but then if you're perceiving or there are other things going on in the background i mean it's not that they need any help yeah exactly and you know it's glory have been doing you know not too great recently but um i think they'll keep tracking along they've got a few games left don't they? oh yeah no and they've got a five game running at the end of the, yeah. the season i think five games in 16 days which is just incredible but you know that's all fair yeah yeah you know, perth where you stood aren't we <laughs> yeah absolutely no look i think it was it was an interesting interview and uh, I think you know some of the things that are wrong with the game are there the eastern media though quite interestingly um, all the highlights were all Sydney highlights there was yeah. there was none of the glory attacks that got broken down and you know ended up in a penalty shout or um, the yellow cards that were given out to a couple of players mm, so can, none of that was shown quite interesting how they frame it can they because yeah, they, yeah. they you know the media will select which parts they want to show which parts they don't want to show to frame and it they never even they mentioned want. glory's penalty call no. at all but that's you know eastern based media for you so mm-hmm. yeah you, you do feel a little bit isolated and, and yeah. yeah i think you can see the frustration on garcia's face and i know that the glory hierarchy aren't happy with with what was going on so yeah no i suspect garcia is biting his space. tongue afterwards yes yeah absolutely Definitely. Now, something you'd be very interested in is mm-hmm. the the big game tomorrow will be Matildas versus Germany. Yeah, no, it should be good. I've got I'm actually on the plane because I'm moving to Sydney tomorrow. I fly yeah. out and I'm on the plane during the Matildas match and the W League Grand Final. So I'm crossing my fingers that the plane has Wi-Fi and I'll be able to stream the game. Call yourself a fan? Yeah. I don't know. That's just <laughs> disgraceful. Oh, you think you'd have chosen a better flight time? Yeah, no, there was the option of an earlier flight, but I think I'll I'll be happy with my midday flight. It's yeah, it'd be interesting in. to see because what eighteen months since the Matildas have played? Yeah, no, it's definitely great to see some international football on the stage, and um, the Europe sides have definitely developed over the last few years. Um, and it'll be a very tough match for them. They've been in camp at the moment. Um, but I think it'll be a good challenge. There's some new look faces on there with it only being a European-based team. No Australian mm-hmm. players have been able to been fly out unless you have got a some a deal with a European clubs. So you've seen a lot of W League players had to leave before finals to oh, go yeah. sign with a European club yeah. so that they can get a chance on the international stage. And then we've got other players like Ellie Carp- Carpenter missing. So, yeah. you know, through uh, the COVID restrictions yeah. in Europe. Yeah, no, it is. It's, and a couple of injuries. Yeah. It is, it's a bit of a nightmare, but it is definitely good to see some international football back and I think that's what everyone will be thinking and it's, yeah, great to see the Matildas back on the TV. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go to some messages and we'll be back after the break with uh, Alex Epicus from Perth Glory.
land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials, and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialize in color bond, aluminium, steel, and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM G'day, I'm Peter Skeeler, the man behind A-LeagueStats.com and part of the world football team for 2021. Joining me this year will be women's football expert Penny Tannehoe, Ashfield Sports Club member Sean Kelly, Subutio expert Hugh Best, and Junior Matilda's goalkeeper Miranda Templeman. We will be with you every Saturday morning through to the end of November talking football. Catch the show on live stream or via our new website, listen in later on the podcast, or land on our Facebook page and share your football news. The World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Okay, and that was uh, Pete there with his Zenadan <laughs> thing. I love that. It's great. One of the best ones I've, I think he's done. Um, all right, we've come to the end of the W League Grand Finals tomorrow um, and we'll be speaking to one of the coaches that's been involved in the W League this year in Alex Epicus. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Have you switched him over on the phone? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're just having some difficulties. We're just switching people through. Um, yeah, not the... There we go. Oh. Good morning, Alex. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, mate. Um, yeah, uh, tough season for you. I think, you know, I remember the last time I spoke to you was on the 21st of November, <laughs> um, which was just a day or two after you'd been announced as the coach. And the yep. the W League season started on the 30th of December. So really not much of a pre-season for you. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was so many challenges. And I think looking back on the season now that we're reviewing, I don't believe one week went according to schedule as we initially planned. <laughs> so I think that's a snapshot of, of how it was. Yeah, absolutely. And look, and I was talking to Tony Sage and, and Tony Pinata before the before your appointment um and at that stage even early november 
they had no idea whether the W League was a viable um, option or not. And they were still talking about hubs and that just wasn't going to work when you've got semi-professional players playing. So, um, you know, you, you came into the season late. Uh, most of the other clubs like Brisbane and Sydney had been signing players and you've walked into a club where you, you know, basically been told you've got two weeks to get players signed and a team up. Yeah, and look, I think that's, while it was a difficult challenge, it was an experience in itself. And I think that, you know, that coaching is all about getting the best out of what, what resources you have. That's player resources, training resources, etc. So we had to be really innovative in a very quick amount of time to try and um, yeah put all the pieces together and, and and get the program up and running and of course you know I can't sit here and say it was always easy and smooth sailing but nonetheless I'm still proud and um, you know a, and somewhat pleased with how things transpired we would have liked to be more competitive on the field in terms of results but we certainly set the foundations going forward into next season and beyond. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you look at the results and, you, you, I mean, you didn't have a, a win for the season, but there was lots of games where you, it was decided by the odd goal here and there and, and a couple of shockers in the way. But, you know, with a very young squad and, and absolutely zero um, preparation or build-up, um, very, very tough for someone who, like you, is very details-orientated and, and into the, the sports sciences to, to tick off the boxes you needed to tick off. Yeah, I mean, I believe it was seven games that we lost by one. Yeah. Now, you know, it, with, with an X-Factor player like Gemma Crane being ruled out very early on in the piece, you know, someone like her may, may not have made a difference, but we'll never know. But as you highlighted, we, we had a very young squad. Quite often, the majority of the starting 11 was, was made up of teenagers. And uh, I believe we gave 10 players their debut this season, six of which are from WA. So we look at that and we say, OK, well, we didn't have the success on the field that we certainly wanted. But um, as I mentioned, I think, you know, having, giving players those experiences now... I'm sure that they're going to learn a lot and develop very quickly in the face of adversity like we did this season, which will, uh, as I said, set us up for next season and beyond. Yeah, and Alex, how do you think, you know, you had the dynamic between, you had a lot of, as you say, young players, teenagers in the squad, and then you also had a lot of senior players, you know, your Tash Rigby, your Kat Yukich. How do you think the dynamic between them worked within the squad? Oh, Miranda, you were there as a player, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was it was brilliant, I think, um, that the young players really took on board the senior players' advice and the senior players always wanted to help out in their development and it is it was just what's best for football and um, what's best for the team and what's best for Perth Glory. So, yeah, it was a great team culture, I thought, and that was probably something that you're proud of and the squad's proud of, that... We were able to stick together, even though, you know, we weren't getting the results we wanted on the pitch. It was never, you know, throw the blame at anyone, was it? It was always, you know, we'll take this on as a learning opportunity. Yeah, you're spot on. And, you know, again, that was something which I was really proud of because when things don't go well in a team environment, that's, you know, the, the ultimate test of a team and a team culture is how you respond to difficult moments. Mm-hmm. And we were all in those change rooms post-match every, every weekend and we still looked at each other and able to look each other in the eyes and say that we gave it our best mm-hmm. and we're all in this together and together we're going to get better. And, you know, in a short season, 
12 weeks isn't long enough to really get better very quickly because you can't buy experience. Mm. But um, I believe that we've played a part in putting together some pieces that we're all going to grow from it. And, you know, players such as yourself were exposed to fantastic uh, learning curves this year. And the, the culture was one that I can say now coming from Sydney to Perth, you know, I think the, the players within the squad were very determined that despite the, yeah, the, the difficult results. And it hasn't been something I was previously exposed to sometimes in coming from East Australia. Um, it was just a different feel about it and one that I probably aligned with a lot more. So going from, from that perspective, you, you've got a lot of, of young players there that have been given some exposure, um, and particularly people like Hannah Lowry. Um, how does that translate when you're, you, you're developing these kids and you try and get them into a winning mentality and, and the winning's just not happening? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question and one that I was really conscious of throughout the season. You know, winning is a habit and winning comes from delivering on process week in, week out. Now, we, we established the process this season and then next season we need to be better at it and we also need to bring in, you know, some players that have got the experience and the ability that can help us make that process even better and then success on the weekends a byproduct of, of that. So, you know, ultimately we have a lot of young, fantastic players, you know, the ones you're sitting next to there and Hannah and, and Tian and Bella... And we just need to make sure that we pick the right people to come in and aid their development and help them succeed on and off the field. Absolutely. And I think, you know, from a coaching perspective, you said earlier on you've got to coach what you've, you've got. And in some ways, from a coaching perspective, I'd rather have a group of young, hungry players who are inexperienced as opposed to, um, you know, a team full of current Matildas and, and former Matildas that... that all know what they're doing and are stuck in their ways. So, you know, from a coaching perspective, it must have been a great experience to have those people looking at you wanting to learn. Yeah, every single player had the desire and the appetite to, to train hard, work hard, ask the right questions, develop themselves on and off the field. And, you know, as you mentioned, that's difficult sometimes with, with older and more experienced players. Uh, and it allows me as a coach then to have a, a greater impact and a greater imprint on what they can do. And that's something that I, that attracted me to the, to the opportunity at the very start. You know, it was painted that if this was going to be a difficult season, mm. but you look at the squad and you see how many young Matildas and junior Matildas make up the program. And for me, it was almost like a, an opportunity that was too good to turn down. So, so with that, we've got two that are flying out to Sydney tomorrow to, to continue their journey. Um, how do we retain those, those sorts of players within the, the squad and, and keep them interested if there's people over east giving them opportunities? Yeah, and it's something that we're very much uh, aware of. We've got a strategy internally and behind the scenes that we're starting to, to put together to make sure that we retain the best players I think it would be a shame if the best WA players aren't playing for Perth Glory. And um, we also want to make sure that the investment we put into the players this season, we, we get to bear those fruits for the future. So, yeah, we, we're certainly going to be aggressive in ensuring that we retain the talent that we need to. 
and we attract the players that we need to externally. Yeah, and I do think that that's where that culture comes into play. Is yeah. Even if you're not you know, getting the performances on the pitch that you like, if you've got a culture that players love and they want to be a part of, then that's definitely, you know, as a young player, that's something that's very appealing to love. Well, I think I, I tried my best to make everyone feel like they added value to the culture. Mm, yeah. Even yourself as a young teenager, I think you can look back and know that you contributed to the group in a positive way, despite your age and despite the, the lack of senior experience that you, ha- that you have at this point in time. But, um, you know, certainly everyone adds to what we want and, Players such as yourself probably only wake up thinking about playing for Perth Glory, <laughs> and you know that 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 means a lot to to the environment. So going along that line, I think one of the things that most Perth fans saw last year was we we lost talent prior to the W League season because there was a yeah. lot of uncertainty, and other clubs had just gone and and signed up Glory players. Are we looking to ensure that those women that are in this current squad that you need to keep? Um, you are going to keep. And then I suppose the other problem, the second question within this is when you're bringing people in from over east, given that there's, this is not a full-time, proper full-time professional football gig, um, lots of them have got to give up work. How do, we, how do you transcend that? Uh, that's two very good questions. Um, look, to answer the first part of the question, yes, certainly we are well aware that we got pilfered to an extent in that period where there was uncertainty and you know some players made the the professional decision to mm. to leave and, and played other clubs and we don't begrudge them that at all because as we mentioned there was only a few weeks leading into the season that we knew we were actually going to have a team that was going to compete or be on the field yeah um you know we want to make sure that that certainly doesn't happen again we want to make sure that the, as I said, the, the best WA players are playing for Perth Glory and we want to give them the stability and sort of the consistency that they can be part of the team going forward. I'm a project-based coach and in, in order to have a successful project, you need consistency and that's on and off the field. Um, and then in terms of bringing in players, you know, we obviously do need to, to bring some players in that can help bring the playing style to life and help us, help us in those difficult moments and for me, it's making sure that they're the right players on the field, but also the right people off the field to, to make sure that they fit properly within the culture and within the group dynamic that we already have. Now, one of the, the announcements at the end of the season was that Kat Jukic was not going to continue playing at the W League level. How big, how big a loss is that? Kat was... Uh, I've got a fantastic uh, relationship with Kat, and we... We, we sort of jokingly said to each other, if I had the opportunity to coach her five or six years ago, it would have been interesting because Kat's a perfect... She's, she fits the system perfectly uh, that I want to play and we've got a similar mentality um, and a similar belief in football. Uh, but I think she, she sort of came to the, to the realisation that the way in which the competition was heading and, and things becoming a little bit more difficult for her to, to execute with, with her body... Um, think we sort of had a discussion and that was a decision that we landed at but you know Kat and I have got a plan for her to still be involved with the team going forward and leading into next season that'll you know clarity around that will, will come to life but she's she's a fantastic person and she uh was a part in setting the culture and and helping plays in difficult moments and she's too too important to myself and, and the club to 
to not have around going forward. So while we're disappointed that she's retiring from her duties on the field, um, I'm also excited to see what uh, value she's going to bring off the field. Yeah, definitely. And just moving a- away from, you know, the season that we've had and mm. glory, we've got the W League final tomorrow with um, Sydney versus Victory. Um, and we did have the semi-finals over the weekend. And um, I talked a bit earlier on the show about how um, Jake Goodship, the Brisbane Raw coach, came out and um, was very, in his opinion, very unhappy about um, the officialing in the game. And I think uh, a lot of questions were brought to light about VAR and VAR in the W League. So I think there was, you know, a question mark about a ball crossing the line and, you know, a questionable penalty and all these, you know, things that can be game changers. Um, what's your opinion on, you know, VAR in the W League? Is it something you think that should be Im- implemented or are you happy with football without it? Uh, it's an interesting one and it's probably the first time I've actually been asked it. I- I'm a bit more of a football purist and as a result, I probably, I'm not the biggest fan of VAR. Um, but, you know, and then on the flip side, I totally get that, you know, crucial decisions can impact the game and impact the season. And, you know, it's not to say that all the officiating was perfect this season. It, it, it certainly wasn't. But, you know, human error is an important part of society, let alone football. And if you try so hard to, to get rid of it, you know, what are the implications? And I think if you watch, you know, EPL or whatever the best leagues are in the world, the VAR system and approach at this stage for me looks a bit clunky and it takes a bit of the, the emotion and adrenaline out of the match. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that. But if, it's, if it comes in and it's, and it's going to make the game better, um, then, you know, I'll have to follow suit. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I spoke to Kenny Lowe a couple of years ago about the, um, the VAR and I liked his viewpoint, which was it takes the, the decision that someone's had, a flawed human being has had to make in a nanosecond and gives another flawed human being two minutes to make another flawed decision. <laughs> so uh, I'm not, like you, I'm a purist. I'm not a fan of, of the VAR. The ball line technology, however, is a very precise thing and it does predict if the ball had all of the ball had crossed all, all of the line extremely well. So that's a finite thing. It's remote. doesn't require on a human's opinion. Um, and, and if you want to talk about VAR, when you talk about decisions, let's talk to Richie Garcia after the other night. So um, I, I, I like the fact that the game is and does have some flaws. Um, I don't think that the VAR clears them up any. I think it just introduces more flaws. Yeah, certainly. And I think, Meeting Kenny while I was in Perth, that uh, response that he gave just absolutely sums him up. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, and then also Richie's, Richie's comments post-match, you know, I think that was spot on as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I I think those decisions, luckily they fall above me and I'm just a football coach. I don't have to make those decisions whether they're implemented or not. Um, but we're never happy. So we're yeah. going to be happy if it's We're going to be uh, unhappy if it's not there. You can't please us, unfortunately. No. Now, you've been involved in women's football for a long time, and, and one of the things that you know we like here is, is a bit of equity. And the, the W League and women's football in general across this country has made great strides in equality. But we still have this pathetically short season for the W League. Um, do you see that this should be a, something we, we try and, and push for a longer season? From a coaching perspective, you you know you had a tough season at the start, and as you said, without the ex- 
building experience. These girls are not going to get any better, but you do have a chance if it's a longer season to to reclaim some of the stuff going on and and at least work towards winning games. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a crying shame that the season's so short. Um, you know, I just, in my mind, I can't put the pieces together to understand how NPL, which is, you know, a supporting competition, is seven to eight months long, and then W League, which is the premier competition, is only three to four months long. That doesn't sort of make sense to me. And, and I think that obviously the conversation which is had every year on how we can make the W League longer and expanded, whether that be with more teams or more games, or obviously both hand in hand. Um, and I look, my gut feeling is between now and the, and the World Cup, the Women's World Cup, I think that the competition will grow. Um, and I think that that will have much more positive effects on the ability to improve plays in a professional environment and obviously help the, the players maintain professional status longer because obviously uh, the way that the competition is currently, they're having to work and, and do all types of things in mm. between. And it's, you know, it's very difficult. I saw it firsthand this year. We had players that couldn't travel to games because of work commitment. Yep. And you know, that obviously doesn't happen in the A-League and we're not saying that it's gonna ha- we're going to fix it tomorrow, but I think we need to see a trajectory where it's improving and we can make the, the whole environment more professional and longer. Mm, I, do, I think there was a report that came out of, uh, a few months ago and it was about the different directions that the W League could take and the different forms it could take. And I think there were three options and one was to become like former official partnership with the um, NWSL, sorry, not NWSL, NSL mm-hmm. in yep. America. And, um, you know, because the leagues are offset and yep. form that, like, bridge that gap officially. The other one was um, to make it a development league, which, you know, you've seen it kind of going in that direction this season with a lot of young players and... You and know, the exodus to Europe. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's just, you know, you form these young players, you develop them, and then you ship them off when they, you know, get too big for the pond. Um, and then the third option, which is... I think the most appealing option to Australian football fans and people here in Australia, which is we do, you know, need to extend the season and um, become a big professional league in our own right. And I think if that's what FA and the W League want to do, then as you say, they do need to make strides, you know, progress probably before this World Cup um, to make that, implement that in this season. Yeah, look, all three of those, you know, they have their pros and cons. Mm. Um, the one regarding development as a development league, well, development can't happen in 12 weeks. So if they want to make it a development league, they need to uh, increase the competition length anyway. Mm. Development takes years. Yeah. So I think what they need to do is uh, all come together and, and put their put their minds together and, and come up with a, a very clear strategy and then communicate that to the clubs and the public. And then we actually know what we're doing. Mm. Uh, because obviously you look at the competition this year and it, you know, it, was, it was sort of a mixture of all three of those things. And whatever it is, we just want quick clarity on that and then we, the clubs can act appropriately and so can, so can the coaches and, and the players. Yeah, yep, definitely. Now, another thing that happened this year that was unusual and I, I personally don't like it, but I'd be interested in your view, is that at the end of the, the standard season... 
Um, and particularly from Brisbane's perspective, they lost a couple of good quality players because of the, the situation with the Matildas. But then there was signings from clubs that had played throughout the league for other clubs mm. and then you know, to another club for the final season. And something about that isn't right for me. Yeah, I'm certainly in agreement. Um, you know, but, but that's just my personal values and beliefs. Yep. And other coaches are entitled to their their values and beliefs. Um, but you know, it's something I'm not a fan of. And I, I'm sure that while they didn't do anything wrong, I and mean, we have to highlight that, mm. I believe the rules should be tighter, so that can't happen in the first place. Mm. Um, and I'm certain as well that with the negative feedback that happened as a result of of that saga, I'm sure that FFA will be uh, coming together very quickly post-season to tighten that up so it doesn't happen mm. again. Uh, you know, just... I, I understand with a goalkeeper situation, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, outfield players, you know, and especially when you've got quality players potentially sitting on the bench all season, mm. you know, there's, it leaves a bit of a bit of taste potentially in their, in their mouth. So, look, it's, it's not for me, but... Again, nothing was done that was beyond the no. rules. So. But, but the other thing is you would hate to have someone like Cat or, or um, Tash Rigby brought into a team that would then had a, a finals campaign, won that finals, and then next year all of a sudden she signed for them. And you go, oh, how'd that happen? You know? It's, well, I, yeah. I yeah. mean, especially uh, in Brisbane sense, I've already got three of our players, so imagine if another one went over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, the, the last thing, Alex, you're obviously a Sydney-born uh, bred and uh, it's the end of the season for you, so what's your plans over the next couple of months? Uh, are you going to watch some NPL, um, some WNPL, or um, go back home for a little bit? Yeah, so I think for me, the the preparations for next season started the, the moment that final whistle went for the last match against Melbourne Victory. Mm. Um, obviously, my timing when I came in this year, as you, as you highlighted, I didn't have the opportunity to really build, build everything as I wanted it to be. Uh, but now I'm very fortunate where I've got six months to, to put all the pieces together as I'd like. And the next six months will involve me uh, certainly assessing this season, assessing myself and making sure I'm, I'm improving where I need to improve. Uh, and then obviously looking at it, from a broader point of view, with the support staff and the players, and and highlighting areas that we need to improve together, um, and then in terms of myself, I'll be back and forth between uh, between Perth and Sydney, doing what I, I need to do in terms of uh, looking at the players while they're in their NPL environment, and and making sure we're supporting them as much as we can. So at the moment, pre-season starts in mid-November, we're ready to roll. Yeah, and that is um, another pro of the streaming of the WMPL that's come into place, came yeah. into place last year, is that you can be in Sydney and be watching local Perth players play on the weekend, and you can be in Perth and watching local Sydney players play on the mm. weekend because, you know, the joys of technology that we've got nowadays is, is yeah. brilliant. But the, I suppose the downside to that is that nothing actually is as good as sitting in the ground because for, particularly from a coach's perspective, you're not always watching what the player does when they're on the ball. You're watching what they do when they're off the ball and not involved in play. So there's, there's pros and cons with, with that, that kind of um, viewing. Yeah. Well, look, the reality is within the local NPL in Perth, uh, you know, I'm certain when I watch the games and from the games I've already watched in person, there will be players that 
you know, stand up more because of what they're... You can see what they think. You can see where they're checking. You can see how they position themselves. And, you know, I'm really keen on ensuring that if there's players that are good enough or players with the potential to be good enough, we want to make sure that they're ID'd appropriately Mm -hmm. and uh, a part of the program next year. You know, I know there has to be more Gemma Cranes within the competition. You know, Gemma was someone that was floating around in the local competition for four or five seasons. Mm. You know, I hadn't been given an opportunity. And while she only played a game and a half this year, we could see the potential that she had. So I, I'm really keen on making sure that we uh, we look after what's what's uh, within the local competition. And if there's players good enough, we certainly want to give them an opportunity to potentially be part of it. Mm-hmm. No, brilliant. Now, obviously, the two Tonys are backing you, and I'm glad to hear that you're already planning for next year. So it's good that the the club haven't looked at the the results of the league table and everything else. There's a real good understanding about why all, all of that happened. Um, you, you Hopefully you've got their backing for a, a good few years because it is a big project. Yeah, look, the club's been phenomenal in their support. And um, look, from, from the onset when I when I was interviewed for the role, it was made apparent and clear that it was going to be a difficult season. Um, but, you know, I, I knew that I was coming into a club where... Uh, Everyone's got each other's back, and we were clear on where we want the program and the club to go from a women's perspective. Um, you know, and certainly this season wasn't good enough for the results. We can't sugarcoat that either. We we want it to be better, regardless of the hurdles and the challenges that we were sort of faced. But um, you know, I I feel like I've got fantastic support um, from the Tonys and and Terry McFlynn, and all the staff within the club have been very welcoming and quite overwhelming actually in their support so i uh i feel like i found myself a nice a nice professional family there to be part of and i'm really grateful for the opportunity great stuff to hear look alex thank you very much for your time this morning look forward to seeing what sort of a team you can put out there next year and and hopefully we've we've got a young miranda tell woman <laughs> in between the, the sticks there that'd be great um but thank you for your time no anytime thanks guys thank thanks, you alex bye Alex Epicus of the Perth Glory W League side um, with lots of hope there for the future. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's been a great season and he definitely wants to take on that big project that the Glory side is. And it, yeah, yeah, it's been great oh, look, for, for me, one of the biggest things was we bled talent across the East and, yeah. and I hate doing that. Mm. And I think sometimes we, we're just a little bit reticent to, to put in people. Great goalkeepers come in, but we had good goalkeepers in WA mm-hmm. and, you know, opportunities... Yeah, no, yeah. it is it is tough and, you know, that uncertainty, as Alex was saying, was difficult for them. But, you know, it's promising that we'll have a bit more clarity around the beginning of next season and, yeah, hopefully can retain a lot of the great players that we do have. And I think also that with the World Cup coming up, mm-hmm. the, there has to be more interest generated in the women's game and the FFA need or the FA need to be involved in that yeah. and I think one of those things is increasing the length of the season because no one ever gets better watching other people play. No and it is it is tough because just as you start to build momentum as a team and come together it's just like oh you know there's no more games left. Yeah. So yeah I think as you say extending the league is should be it's near no-brainer. the top of their it's a priority list yeah, yeah. for sure. Alrighty, uh, we'll go to a break and we'll be back just after the break with Greg Farrell from West Coast Futsal and we'll talk to him about what's happening in that space. Back after these. 
West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. Hi, I'm Penny Tanner-Hoth. It's season 34 for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are the longest-running football show in Australia, morphed from a sports program way back in 1987. The hosts and voices may have changed, but the content filled with passion, news, characters and history has not. The World Football Team are all volunteers, and we appreciate you listening in. 2021 brings a new look with a new logo, website and podcast. Thanks for sharing the journey with us on Radio Fremantle. If you like us, become a member of the station. Find a membership form on our new website, the World Football Program. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Always makes me grim when I hear that polka music fire up. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Weird Al Yankovic in the background or something, but there you go. Um, joining us this morning is Greg Farrell from West Coast Football. Lots of exciting things happening in the futsal space over Easter. Greg, you were the busiest man in, in Christendom. <laughs> I, I do my best. Uh, it, it's certainly always fun when you're, you're busy. It means that there's never a dull moment, as I'm sure... With the way the world has been recently, pretty yeah. much everybody knows. But you, you're, you're very fortunate. My mum always said, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So you haven't worked in a long time. <laughs> well, I was, a, I was a teacher before that, and some people may argue the same thing when I was doing that. <laughs> um, I yeah. will say, though, that teachers are one of the hardest working people in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, I wouldn't want to do it, and I deal with some very difficult people on a daily basis, and I'd rather do that than be a teacher. <laughs> um, over Easter, you had the junior finals and um, some other finals going on. So, what's what's been happening? Yeah, so we had um, our junior football league finals just before Easter, um, and we've got the the Super League, which is our our top competitions. We've got the sixteen men and women's finals, grand finals today, and we've got semi-finals for the um, the open men's and women's across this weekend and the next couple of weekends. Um, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of downtime over Easter, which was nice. Didn't really know what to do with ourselves. Um, <laughs> a little bit of chocolate and a little bit of relaxation was lovely, but um, yeah, the, the finals are underway, and then we'll start new competitions back over the next month or so, depending on, like, for the, the juniors, it's once school starts again. Yeah. Um, but the the two-week COVID lockdown sort of pushed everything back a little bit, which was slightly painful, but we've adjusted and everything's nearly back on track, I guess. So with, with this cycle, obviously, the you've got finals happening, so 
this cycle's finishing, are you preparing for the next cycle and then looking for nominations for teams and players and yeah so and and it's the same with our our social futsal as well so we've got uh, centers in in mount lawley and and Netherlands and they the the social competitions are are moving towards finals if they aren't already in finals so there's a lot of a lot of semi finals coming up next week and then um if they're not next week they're almost certainly the week after that for the different competitions on across monday to friday night all right um, and just and- depending yeah, go on. You know, it, it just depends on the number of teams in in the specific competition on on the various nights. And obviously, if anyone who wants to find you, they can go onto your website, onto your Facebook page, and into any one of your locations and and see what's happening. Yeah, we are actually just going through a a little bit of a rebranding. Uh, the the name West Coast Football Association is is going to be, uh, I guess, confined to the past. And we will, from pretty much now onwards, be uh, Futsal Association of Western Australia. Um, so that's a little bit of an exclusive for you too. Yeah. Um, the, the, new, the new website, it will be going live uh, next week. Um, the, all of the, the logos, the media stuff, it's all all going to be coming out in the next week or so. Brilliant. Um, but, yeah, just so that you two can claim you get exclusive. <laughs> another, you go. another exclusive. Just just one more. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Sean, Sean's probably had a fair few of them. Yeah. Now we're, How many would you have had in your short career? Oh, not many, I think. I'm, I'm <laughs> honoured. This might I'm, be my first that, one. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's good. I'm glad we... You've done a lot for football, and I'm, I'm glad that we can maybe give a little bit back to that. <laughs> um... How, how do we compare with other states? Though? I mean, obviously, you're a Queenslander and you'd have a good idea of what's happening in Queensland. But with the the COVID restrictions elsewhere, how are we faring? We we have been very, very lucky locally. Um, so I've got, got friends in, in every state in Australia and Melbourne was obviously the worst hit. Um, they didn't really get to play football or futsal at all in 2020 um, after sort of February and then even early this year when they have started back there was then hiccups and there was little lockdowns and there like the two weeks that we went through has was almost Victoria's entire year last year yeah and even places like Brisbane have had little lockdowns where we kind of were shocked and I don't know if people were upset exactly, but annoyed at having a, a two-week period where we were a little bit inconvenient. It's sort of more been a way of life for people over on the East Coast. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the one of the big things for us, like with us travelling over East, so there is a tournament going on in Sydney at the moment, which we couldn't travel to because... Well, it ended up being that the borders were closed, um, but we we couldn't travel to it because of the uncertainty surrounding COVID. Mm. So, in that way, it's the same as it always was that the the tyranny of distance is a, a, a thorn in our side. Um, but it's because been... of how lucky we've been locally, 
it, it hasn't made too much of a difference. No, We've right. been playing club games and had club training and everything as normal since July last year, where yeah. most of the eastern states didn't get it until November, December at the earliest. Now, that distance is a great protective factor for us. And I suppose if you look at Australia in general, even what you've said about Sydney and, and Melbourne in particular... Um, we're faring a lot better than other countries. Um, the UK has been, it seems like, in a lockdown forever and even normal people are going nuts, but they haven't been able to play sport there for five months at a community level. Um, how's things in, in places like Portugal? Because I know you've got uh, friends over there as well. Yeah, so, well, one of, a very good friend of mine coaches in the, the Spanish third division um, in for, for futsal, and he, he coached in the the first division a few years ago mm-hmm. um, and there it's it sort of tiered exactly the same way it was here and even with like the Premier League in England the Premier League players have their bubbles and the the Spanish first division players have their bubbles then the second division players are a little bit more restrictive they have less opportunities to train and, and when they do train they have to train segregated from each other the way like the isolation the way we did in sort of June last year when yeah. everything had to be sanitised after every session yeah. and you couldn't share you couldn't share futsal balls and you were wearing masks during training. Like they're still doing that stuff mm. outside of the, the top divisions. Um, and so with, with Audrey coaching in, in the third division, it's even more extreme that they're still only allowed to do one or two sessions a week together Um and they're not allowed to share balls and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it yeah. makes it like they'll, they'll go into a game and they haven't actually been they haven't actually been playing futsal in training mm. for for more than twelve months. Yeah, we live but in we live in this little safe. Play. We live in this little safe bubble here, and we we don't realise just how fortunate we are at times. Mm-hmm. No, well, one of the one of the players who played. Uh, played futsal in, in the Super League last season and played outdoor football for, for Curtin University in the WNPL, Alyssa Van Herk. I've seen she's gone back mm-hmm. to college in America and, and they're doing training with masks and they're doing things still socially distanced and it it, it just does not look like real life. No, it looks no. like something out of a, a dystopian yeah. movie. It's just crazy. Um, so moving forward with, with FUWA, <laughs> uh, the new name, the new name, and, and the new brand new image. Uh, it's a whole new makeover, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, so Futsal WA, it, it's uh, I guess uh, a more progressive look. The, the logos and the designs, everything's a little bit more twenty twenty one. I think a, a fresh look and hopefully a fresh outlook post COVID. Um, we can have a little bit of little bit of confidence and, and I guess a little bit of optimism about what's coming. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if people want to be a part of that, they can look at you, your new website and everything else in the, in the coming days. Yeah, so it, it, at the moment, the, the West Coast Futsal Association website, which is just westcoastfutsal.org.au, is still, that will still be there, yeah. but it will then have, it will then have links to the new futsalwa.org.au website. Brilliant. And how's the family going over in Brisbane? Yeah, I, my um, 
my parents are good. That there has been some wild weather over there as well, mm. and that was that was another issue with the tournament that's happening in Sydney at the moment. It, it, it's not enough with the COVID lockdowns and everything that there was flooding and uh, sort of wild weather, um, which then caused teams to be rerouted and teams that were travelling from North Queensland and Central Queensland to Sydney by bus, mm -hmm. which is sort of a, a two-day trip. Um, it ended up with three- and four-day trips because of road closures and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's never a, a simple thing in Australia coordinating no. those, these sorts of tournaments because if it's not floods, it's in January it's fires mm. and there's, there's always something going on. Well, looking out the window today, it's a, it's a perfect Perth autumn day, but I think tomorrow it's going to go belly up on us and do you think that would affect your fines? I mean you're playing indoors it shouldn't but I no, mean the, so the roads yeah. and the traffic generally speaking once it gets wet people forget how to drive well yeah it's certainly one of the criticisms I've noted since I moved over here is that <laughs> Western Australian drivers certainly don't hold a, a candle to Queensland drivers um, <laughs> but our finals being indoors will be alright but I am also coaching tomorrow afternoon outdoors and there have been moments recently where I've sort of looked around and gone, could we not just be doing this indoors? It'd be so much nicer. <laughs> yes, and I'm on a plane tomorrow, so I'm hoping the cyclone doesn't... Oh, you'll be flying away from me. You'll be nowhere yeah, near good. it. You'll Maybe be... it'll give me a little push and I'll get there quicker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'll get there quicker. Yeah, so with um, all your tournaments, you said that, you know, there's obviously a tournament going on in Sydney at the moment that you can't yeah. get over to. Is there any other, you know, things that you can kind of make plan plans for this year or is it so, you know, uncertain that you just kind of have to take it as it comes? Well, so we, we had our school titles, which um, all, all Saints, your school, yeah. competed in a couple of weeks ago. And we, so from there, we select players to come to trials, which are starting next week, to go away to the National School Championships in Brisbane in the September, October school holidays. Yeah, okay. So we are, we're having those trials next week and the week after, and then... Uh, unfortunately, though, what you've just touched on, everything has the caveat that we have to be prepared. If there's a lockdown, if there's some sort of emergency situation with COVID that means we can't travel, that we have the insurance things in place so that people aren't left out of pocket. Yeah. Um, and that it's, it, I guess it's becoming just a, a, a way of life. Everybody now is ticking that box. Is there COVID protection? Is there COVID insurance? And if there's not, why not? And if there isn't a way of doing it, then we're probably not going to look at it as an option. Yeah, expect the unexpected, I think, is the new motto for the way of life nowadays, Yeah, well, it? it's unfortunately almost become not the unexpected. It's almost <laughs> this, this is expected that something's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, another one of my exclusive, I think, uh, at least 12 months ago, I was saying prepare for this to be the, in the background for some years to come, mm -hmm. and it's exactly what's happening. It's part of our normal yeah. narr narrative. We've just got to find a way to live with it, and I think we're getting better at it. Um, local lockdowns rather than a complete state, and, you know, there's it's been tricky, but we're, we are getting better at it. Yeah, well, and I think even just to the point of uh, we, we have the all of the check-in systems and I think, and I've, I've said this a few few times to you guys, I've actually developed some sort of a habit with uh, 
using hand sanitizer quite regularly. <laughs> it's just become if if someone shakes my hand, it's not a oh I think this person is dirty. But, but immediately afterwards, I'm just going oh yeah, hand sanitizer, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's just become a habit, which I, I mean I think, is a really good thing in terms mm. of not not spreading germs. I think the term you use was you're an addict. I think you like it. You love the smell now, don't you? Uh, well, yeah, I have, a, I have a bad feeling that there may be a slight addiction there, just that exactly, <laughs> the, the smell of it. It's like, yeah, okay. But there is, there's videos of babies that have grown up in the pandemic and they think that everything is hand sanitizer. So they'll hand go sanitizer. put their put their hands under boxes waiting for, you know, hand sanitizer to drop into their hands. <laughs> oh, wow, we really are... Uh, creature of habit aren't we? <laughs> oh aren't we ever no i think it's it's interesting it's there are some good habits that we're, we're bringing in i think some of them are also bad habits if anyone saw the news story about babies dummies and sterilizer i think you know some exposure to to some of the the germs is what gives us the herd immunity mm. and i think you know with the with the rollout of the vaccine irrespective of what people say. I mean, I had mine uh, a couple of weeks back. No no dramas, no blood clots, nothing else. Um, and, you know, we are moving forward. I think you know, when you look at the stuff with the blood clots, um, riding a motorcycle is more dangerous than having the, the, the vaccine. And I ride, I ride a motorbike daily. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we're already doing some of these things. Being pregnant is more dangerous than, than having the... Um, the COVID vaccine and I've people heard, do that every day. I've heard paracetamol yeah. is, is more um, dangerous. Has Actually, more paracetamol risks. and aspirin are some of the most dangerous drugs you have in your house. But yeah, yeah that's another story. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, well, the, and that's as, as all of that stuff, like the, the vaccines and the immunity becomes sort of, I think it's 70% or 75% yeah. of the population, then hopefully that's when stuff like international travel becomes regular again. Mm. Yeah. And we can be heading off to some of the other tournaments we've got. And, like and we, in we have to res- and Spain and that. We have to respect the risk that it brings. So we look at Japan, though. They're already now talking about the Olympics not having spectators mm. because they don't have it under control. The, the Japanese don't have it under control. Then we're all lost. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah. we, we do need to get to a point where we go, right, the, with the vaccine and herd immunity and everything else, we're good. Um, we don't want to breed a whole load of people that have no immune response to anything at all. So some exposure no. to, to the general bugs and things is, is what helps. You know, we we had a, a period of time when my, my children became adults and they and they had children where we, we didn't get sick at all. And then as soon as we started babysitting the grandchildren and they were in day, daycare, We've got all sorts of things. Um, but now we're healthier because of it. So, you know, that's yeah. all part of the, the grand scheme of things and how your body works and your immune response will, will work. It, it makes you stronger over time, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, we, we've all got to look after our health. We, you know, we, we talked to Donna Gouffray from DT38 about men's health. Um, we talked to people about mental health. And this is just another part of the background. Mm-hmm. Yes, be sensible. Hand sanitise. Um, use the app. I mean, I, I'm amazed at how many people I see walk past me as I'm I'm scanning my app who just walk straight in the coals yeah. and don't even bother. You know, it's just, let, let's be sensible about these people, not asking them to do a whole heap. It doesn't take you more than 10 seconds to hold your phone up to the <laughs> to the QR code and go, bip, I'm done, you know? Yeah, well, that, that was something that my, my fiancé, Annie, and I, we went home to Queensland for Christmas and we noted how, because the QR codes hadn't really started over here. Mm. And 
where like they just started to come in. Whereas over there, it was just a way of life. Mm. Yeah. Every shop, every shop has their own little thing, and it's not the like that we have the Safe WA app. It's not like that. Every shop has their own. Mm. And like we have the, the the Safe WA app now for futsal. Everyone's yep. requested to to check in every time. We have one at Ashfield. Over, over there, it was just a way of life. Mm. Everyone was already in the habit of it, and we were shocked by it. Yeah. And I think that's another danger is that we can be a little bit complacent over here mm. because, as you say, the, the the distance is a bit of a safety net in some ways for us. Yeah, and we are. We've become very complacent. When you look at in comparison to other countries and, and other states, we have had nowhere near the disruption that they've had. And even that little bit of disruption, we've had people have bleated about it. So, you know, we, we've got to be thankful for what we have. And, and if we've just got a couple of minor inconveniences, let's just do it. Yeah, well, and that's it. Well, I was, so we were over at um, our centre at Nedlands, the West Perth Futsal, the other day, and we were talking about exactly that, because it, it's right next to the, the hospital there, and a couple of the doctors were, were talking about how it's it's become, we have become complacent again. Mm. People are not, are not checking in when they should, and mm. if there is an outbreak, it's going to be an issue. So yeah. we've, we've definitely tried to be as... I guess switched on to it as possible, and, and with the rollout, um, the rollout of the vaccine, people are going, "Well, it's not here. Why bother? There's no rush. I don't need it." And then, you know, they they hear all these other things. If I have it, I'm going to get blood clots, and Bill Gates is going to be able to control my bank account. So, you know, uh, yeah. any excuse. But you know, he do, doesn't already control our bank. <laughs> <laughs> do the right thing. Just get it done. Um, it would be a, a, a great community service. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah, and just, um, you know, on the COVID stuff, I think there's the possibility of Australia and New Zealand forming a a bubble. Um, And with, you know, you usually run your your international tours to your Japan and your your Spain. Is it a possibility that, you know, you can organise some sort of a a trip to New Zealand or a New Zealand to come here? I don't don't know what the situation with is with futsal in New Zealand. That that certainly is an option that has already been been talked about. Mm-hmm. So um, we are looking at what we can do with our representative teams. And as I said before, we've got we've got the the West Perth Football Club in Netherlands and the Mount Morley Football Club, as well as the the Super League competitions. But with the representative teams, we have to look at what we can do with them. And if if the New Zealand bubble does open up, um, then having them come over here for tournaments would be a terrific option as well as us us travel over mm-hmm. there. Yeah, no, it sounds brilliant. Greg, thank you for, um, A, sponsoring the show and, and, B, doing what you do out there. It's wonderful to hear so many people are involved in our game and there are so many different ways of enjoying the game. I'm just glad that you have that one operating for them. Um, love the, the new look and the, the new um, direction going forward, so good luck with that. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak with you again shortly. Yes, thank you very much, both of you. Take care. You too. Thanks, See you, mate. Greg. Bye. Cheers. Greg Farrell, sponsor of, uh, of the show and West Coast Futsal, or as soon to become the Futsal Association of Association. Australia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, brilliant. Um, and you heard it here first, of course. Yeah, my first <laughs> exclusive. Very much on it. Very first. And I always laugh when I hear the term bubble because I have this image of a two-year-old with with a cold. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. It's just me. It's just there in my head. Um, I need help. (laughs) Um, All right. So 
we were going to be interviewing but someone, but they're not available. So um, despite the best efforts we've had, that's okay. We'll just roll on with something else. Um, lots of football on last week. The interesting week last week because the MPL round was kind of split. There was a mm. a couple. Well, most of the um, the MPL teams played on on Thursday night, and then um, a couple of them didn't get that memo of playing on on Saturday. So. Um, Interesting week, but Bayswater played Perth Glory and they had a, a 1 0 win at home. Um, Armadale played Sorrento um, and Sorrento went down to Armadale and, and beat them 4 1. That's uh, a good result for, for Sorrento. And um, Floriot beat Perth 2 1. Um, again, Floriot, best team in the state at the moment and, and proving it. Mm. Um, Inglewood played ECU Joondalup and ECU won that one 2 0. Gwellup played Rockingham uh, at Gwellup and that was a 4-0 win on the Saturday to Gwellup and Balcata played Coburn uh, with the away team Coburn coming away with a 2-1 win um, which is pretty good. I mean they obviously were one eye on the Saturday games which was or the mm. sorry the Monday games which was the FFA Cup results round four so um, a lot of those teams were, were looking at how they get through that. Um UWA play or Netherlands played uh, Gosnells on Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, um, and Gosnells won that one five two. That's a big win for the the boys out there. Yeah, um, Ashfield hosted Floriot. Floriot won six one. We'll talk to Greg later about that game. But um, you know, Floriot, you very hard to back against them yeah. in any game at the moment, and they certainly proved that. With, with the extra days over the State League team that they were the, the, by far the better side. Bayswater played Diane White Eagles and um, Bobby's side did well there. They only got beat 1-0. Mm. Um, Bustleton City played Quinana United. That was a 3-0 win to Quinana. Coburn City played Western Knights and again the, the NPL side just edged out Western Knights by the odd goal there, 1-0. Um, we had Inglewood play Armadale. And that went to a two-all draw at full time, and then Armadale beat that, beat them three nil on penalties. Yeah, That's yeah. I was, I was actually down at um, yeah. Inglewood the other day. I was getting a session in um, before I fly out tomorrow with um, their goalkeepers there, and yeah, yeah, disappointed with it. And they just said they weren't switched on from the start. Is um, I was talking to Alex Dunn, their goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, just they said some silly stuff, and you know. They'll be looking to, you know, obviously that FFA Cup run is now over, so yeah. they can just focus their efforts on the league now. And yeah, it's amazing. I watched uh, um, sorry, Balcata and mm-hmm. um, Ashfield's reserve sides play. They were they were a draw at full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were about nine or ten deep into the penalties wow. before there was a decider there, and. The, both of them only had missed one penalty in all of that. That was clinical. Yeah, very clinical. Very good. Uh, good goalkeeping as well. You'd yeah. be proud of that. <laughs> um, Mandra played Queens. That was also a draw after full time, and that ended up with Mandra beating Queens on penalties for three. June Lup United played Balcata. Balcata rolled out six-two winners. Kingsway Olympic played Riverdale. 
and won that one 9-1. Rockingham City played June Lup and won that one nil. Sorrento played Subiaco AFC and won that one nil. Swan United played Gwellup Croatia and they got beat 3-0. Um, some interesting results, though, was that uh, Forestfield played Karamar Shamrock. Yes, saw that. With extra time it went to, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that one um, ended up with Caramar winning and a great result on, on their behalf mm-hmm. in, in that. Uh, it's just a tremendous result for Love them. Love a good underdog story, don't we? Oh, don't you ever. You know, <laughs> it's, that's always good. Um, and then, yeah, what was that? Uh, actually, Forestfield didn't have a great run because they got beaten in the State League as well by Swan. So mm. um, let's have a look where we are. Just running yes. through some of the results. Yeah, I think, is there still some games to come for that round? Because I was looking at the, the draw for the round five and I think it said Mum FC Perth is still, it's the winner of Mum FC Perth will play Quinana and the win, winner of Northern City, Northern Perth United. Yes, there are a couple Armadale. of games there to, to be played. I don't know what happened there, but they are, um, yeah. Yeah, so you've got... Uh, yeah, I do have the fixtures for round five. You want me to run through yes, them? Yes, please do. Yeah, so we've got, the, as I said, the winner of Mum FC Perth will play Quinana. Um, Sorrento will take on Kamara Shamrock, who, who will be looking to give another upset. Giant killers. Yeah. Ma- Mandra will be playing Coburn. Gwellup Croatia will take on, you know, Florida F- Athena, who are, seem unbeatable at the moment. Uh, Olympic Kingsway will play ECU Joondalup. And the, as I said before, the Northern City um, North Perth United game, the winner of that will play against Armadale. Then you have Barcada versus Bayswater and Rockingham versus Gosnell City. So a lot of good games there for local football to get down to and you know hopefully get a bit of crowd. And the FFA Cup is always such a great competition, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is, yeah. Um, State League started last week as well yep. um, and there was some, some interesting results there. Um, Ashfield and Subiaco played uh, their game. It was uh, 2-1 with the, the winner being scored within the last 30 seconds of extra time. Oh, Got to love it. Oh, yeah. No, look, you're going to hate it. <laughs> I hate this game. Love-hate um, relationship, no, no, we, isn't it? No, Ashfield played most of the second half down at 10 men, played very well. Um, but, yeah, just that lapse of concentration at the end and bang, goal. Yeah. Um, June Lup played Western Knights and uh, Western Knights rolled out 5-1 winners. Kingsway played Quinns. Quinns won that one 4-1. I believe there's a, a lot of issues at Kingsway at the moment. Sterling Macedonia played Mandra and that was a good game. 5-3 that one rolled out with Sterling the winners. Um, yeah, right and look, Mandra are a very good side, very mm. big, very physical. Um, but obviously Sterling found a way around them. UWA Nedlands played Fremantle with Fremantle rolling out 4-0 winners and Forestfield played Swan and it's interesting because Forestfield um, tipped to be one of the, the top four and Swan to be one of the, the cellar dwellers mm. and Swan rolled out 3-1 winners and I looked at the the uh, Football West highlights yeah, and um, yeah, they they looked like they did well, all three, three goals very well executed so... Um, good luck to the the boys out there at Swan. Yeah, it's, it's we good to you know get the state league going, and that's round one. And um, the WMPO has just kicked off as well. It kicked off last night with their round one. We had Frio um, beat Mum four two, mm-hmm. and Curtin and Perth shared the piece one one all. So, um, and then on tomorrow, Arvo, we have NTC versus Redbacks and Buckhatter versus Subi. So. 
good to get that up and running again. Be interesting tomorrow afternoon with the weather. Yeah, it could it could be a problem, couldn't it? it mm. Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather play in the rain than the wind. Wind for goalkeepers is an absolute nightmare because the ball, you one second you think it's coming straight to your hands and the other second it's, you know, on your right in the back there's, of the net. There's a shot going viral at the moment on Facebook where there's a goalkeeper takes the goal kick out and the ball goes straight up in the air, 20 <laughs> metres, over his head and straight back in the back of the goal. Uh, so what's the, nightmare. what's the decision? Oh... Doesn't it have to be touched by someone else before it can be counted as a goal? Correct. It's a corner. Is it actually? It's actually a corner. If you so just remember that one as a keeper, very important yep. to if you do kick into a blustering gale and it goes straight over <laughs> your shoulder and back in, um, it's a corner ref. I will remember that. I remember there was one football game when I was playing for Greg in um, you know, the, we were playing our grand final for yeah. our under sixteens and um there was two referees, a senior referee and a junior referee and we had a an injury up the other end of the pitch. I think we were down two one at the time to New South Wales. There was an injury up the other end of the pitch. So as we were getting them sorted out, Greg goes, Miranda, go up top, go play fifth man. So I've left my goal, gone up, stand in front of the keeper, and they've decided one referee has decided that it's a drop ball, and the other referee, no, sorry, has decided it's a free kick. So we're setting up for the free kick, and then the other referee says, no, it's a drop ball. And as I'm up there, they just drop the ball kick it all the way over into the empty net and I was absolutely, I think we were all fuming because mm. the ball has to be touched yep. twice before um, it has to go in and, you know, you, you can't change their mind once they've made it. But as you say, it's the human error element of the game, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, and Division 2 in the State League last week started on Thursday night with mm. Curtin University playing Joondalup, Joondalup 1-2-1. Um, on the Saturday, Gosnells played Balga in a nil-nil draw. Wanneroo City uh, were three-one winners over Caramar Shamrock, which is quite a surprise, really, when you look how well Caramar went mm. um, in the cup. And Murdoch Uni Melville Mum played Canning City and won two-nil. Morley played Kelmscott and Morley came out three-nil winners. They've signed a lot of players of Morley. Yeah. And Dianella White Eagles played Kingsley Westside and and Bobby's team came out as three-one winners. So mm, lots good. of good things going on there in the state league. Um, the FFA Cup draw we've we've already covered, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And there was the um, PFA team of the season for the W League, which was announced. Unfortunately, not featuring any Perth players. There was actually only one player, which was Tegan Micah, who was an outside of the top four. She played for Melbourne City, but everyone else is from either Victory, Brisbane, Canberra or Sydney. Um, Picked by people on the Eastern States, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, no surprises there then, (laughs) is there? You know, they don't even know we exist. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think Tegan Micah played that many games either. I think she's copped a knee injury at the moment, which... Might is have she Eastern problems. based? State, Eastern states based? Yes, that's enough then. That's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. And then Jeff Hopkins was the um, coach of the season as well. He's from Melbourne Victory. Yeah. All right. So if you're looking to go out to a game today, there's uh, some wonderful games being played out there today. Um, Perth are at home to Bayswater, so that looks like it'll be a, a really good game. That one. Um, the All Conquering Athena are playing Inglewood at home, or Athena of the home side. Um, Balcata will be playing Gwellup. Sorrento will be playing ECU Joondalup. There's another great game up there at Windy Hill. Um, and Rockingham and Armadale will be playing down in Rockingham. Uh, and the Glory, who are at the, um, the stadium in, in Forestfield, 
are playing Coburn. So that will be interesting. Then there's some banter on the the internet about the glory side this year and whether or not they can be relegated. Yeah, I don't I don't know the rules around that. Is it possible for them to be relegated? Absolutely. It is. Yes, there is no safety net. They can be relegated. It's good. Yeah. Keep no, them that's, honest. That's how it should be. And if yeah. you go over to New South Wales, I think there's a couple of the NPL sides, uh, sorry, the, the A-League sides who've got their NPL sides playing in Division 3. So, oh, wow. you know, that's how it should be. And, you know, for them, I'm, I'm sure they will work hard to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. All right, so in today's first division, we've got Ashfield at home to UWA Nedlands. Uh, Quinns are at home to Subiaco. Frio are playing Macedonia, and that's another good thing. Um, Sterling, who went on Sterling Lions for a long time, mm-hmm. have reverted back to Macedonia, which is nice to hear again. Yeah. Um, Knights are playing Olympic Knights being the home, se- the home side Mandra are home to Forestfield that will be a big game down there um, and Swan are playing Joondalup United so some great fixtures there in the first division in the second division Kelmscott are at home to Dianella uh, Caramar Shamrock are at home to Windmills Joondalup City are at home to Murdoch University Melville Balga are at home to Wanneroo. Gosnells and the Gosnells Grannies will be playing E Canning, and that is the Frank Lang- uh, Longstaff Cup. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, that's um, Frank Longstaff had a association with both clubs over a long mm-hmm. number of years. Um, a, a great man, great coach, uh, and a, a fitting tribute to, to the man these two teams will play out. And they, it's a, it's a decent looking cup. So, well worth going down there if you're not going anything and you're in the area. Yeah, it's, it's always good to, you know, play for a bit of silverware, isn't it? Oh, and absolutely. That's a little bit of extra motivation. Bit of spice. Bit, yeah, a bit of spice to the game. It's always quite physical, isn't it? It is. And then Kingsley are at home to Curtin Uni. Um, Amateur League Premier also starts uh, their first round mm-hmm. on Sunday. We've got Joondalup playing UWA Nedlands. Hammersley at home to Wembley. Quinns at home to Queen's Park. Quinana at home to Jaguar, Maddie at home to North Perth Mm -hmm. and Phoenix at home to Leeming. So lots going on out there if you've got any interest in football. Yes, and I think, you know, coming up, uh, Gloria have got their game this Tuesday against Newcastle Jets. So um, that should be an interesting one to see how they bounce back from... Obviously, a disappointing, disappointing result for them. Oh, look! Know. I think Richie will have them buzzing for this one. I yeah. don't think he's he's angry and annoyed, and that's not a bad thing as a coach. Yeah. And he'll probably have them running doggies for a little while and whatever. But you know, um, it's 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 the game. You you have to get over it. You got to move yeah. on. You got the next game, and then after that, they've got the the following game, which will be at home. Um, so that's on Sunday the eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday. Back at, back at uh, home and, and in front of the home crowd, which will be wonderful. Looking forward to that. Good, and, and both sides are just below them on the ladder, so it could be an opportunity to steal some points back and hopefully look into getting that final spot in. Because I think we're, if, we, if we do win on the weekend, then there's a possibility we can jump two spots up. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is still quite a close league and it's um, a very what, close league yeah, and then what, when you look at the five the five game running i know it's over 16 days or yeah. whatever but it is um five days where we're 
at home. So yep. that should give us some advantage in, in recovery and everything else. You're not on a plane trying yeah. to recover. Um, and that's that's important. Um, and in front of that home crowd, if they get behind them, it would be brilliant. Yeah, and it is back to 100% capacity now at HBF Park, which is absolutely brilliant. Have the shed buzzing again. Well, yeah, I, I think even at 100%, 50% would do them. I, yeah. They've never, uh, in the A-League area, never filled the stadium, mm. um, which is a shame because there's lots of people in this state that, that love their football. Um, I just don't know why it doesn't translate into going there on a, a weekend because I love it. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting and I think a lot of people, even within the women's game, and it's just like, oh, I want you know there to be more money in the women's game and I want there to be more promotion of the women's game. But it's like if you don't get down to the games on the weekend, it's, it's all talk, isn't it? I think you know we have four memberships, one for each of us in the family and even if we don't get down to all the games we've got at least got the membership so it's it's putting you know investing your own money in where you where you want your um where you want it to go and absolutely and i think you know, it looks at last year where there was um some talk about the um the fight the memberships and the, yeah. the lack of Games, games last year. I mean, yeah. I, I basically just made the option and I'm fortunate enough that I can afford to yeah. do that. Yeah. That just, yeah, look, just have it. Um, it. I'd already committed to it. I just looked at it as that was the a few games that you, you couldn't get to, which mm-hmm. you know, happens every year for whatever reason, and you just live with it. Yeah, investment yeah. in football and it's, it's the game we all love, so. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's kind of paying it forward. I know people yeah. get caught up in their own personal circumstances and everything, but the club was suffering last year as well. Yeah. Definitely was. All right. Now, tomorrow you fly out. I do. Yes, I've got a, a 12.50 flight over and it should be very good. I'm very grateful. I've got um, Briley Henry, who's the Wanderers number nine. Um, her family will be taking me in. So very grateful for that. It's not, not a small matter to open your home to someone for seven odd months. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that. And the training, you know, should be incredible and just open up a lot of opportunities for me. So, for those that don't know, mm. you're, you're headed east for? Um, Future Matildas program. So, yep. it's a training program that is designed, well, was originally designed to fill the gap between um, the junior national team programs and the first team. But so, the old AIS model. Yeah, yep. you know, the age between 17 and, and 23 where they found a lot of players were slipping through the gaps and um, it's actually nowadays more... It's only a new program. It's only started mm. maybe five five years ago, and um, now it's more a, a training program for the young Matildas. So um, they'll fly in people aged, you know, eighteen and under, um, and you know, house them there and sort out accommodation. And um, you have to be studying or employed to be in part of the program, which is, I think, a great initiative because football is a very uncertain career, and you know, you can you know, get an injury and your career could be over tomorrow. So um, it's important to have that backup plan. So I'll be studying when I'm over there at yep. getting used to the big big city because it's, you know, I think we take for granted here in Perth how close everything is. And, you know, I'm complaining when I have to drive half an hour up to Balgar to, to go train. But um, now I've got a two-hour train ride into uni and two-hour train ride back. So I don't think I'll be complaining about my drives to Balga anymore. <laughs> no, I, when I came out here from the UK, it was, if you want to go to London, two-hour commute. So yeah. I, I got that. 
um, for me, I love WA. I love living in Perth. Mm-hmm. But uh, if there's one city, and I'm, I'm not a big city person, but I do like Sydney. Yeah, no, I've, I've got some family over there, which, which should be good because, yeah. you know, little comfort, you know, safety net, I can always count on them. But it is a big jump, and I think... Um, for young players, it is the place to be. Is Sydney? It's it's the cent- it's where players are being looked at. It's where national team coaches are, and it is such a great opportunity. You just you know you can't pass it up really, and it is difficult to move away from home at such a young young age. But it's what you got to do, and you know I love this game so. Yeah. It's the sacrifices so, you've got to make. So how old are you? You're eighteen. 18. So I just turned okay. eighteen. Yeah, that's all right, mate. My eldest was was fairly lazy as as a kid, and, <laughs> and at seventeen, home left him because he wouldn't leave. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the same. I think my dad is um his parents moved away when he was uh, twenty and moved yeah. over east, and he stayed here. You know, had his bike. He was biking yeah. around everywhere. Um, but yeah, it is a great it's it's a great learning opportunity. You know, you build into your independence, and yep. um, that can translate onto the field if. You know, you're feeling confident. You're feeling but you've been away on camps before. Yeah, and, and I think that it's it's a great transition, you know. Yeah. We've been to Thailand and, you know, the Pacific for a couple of months and got a couple of months off school, which was great. But, um, yeah, it is, it's a good transition, I think. Um, Thailand was the only place I've been a little bit homesick because it is the culture difference. But yeah. it's, it gets you and, you know... Um, a lot of players got food poisoning from, you know, the different food preparations our yep. bodies aren't used to. So, um, but yeah, Sydney, it's it's a place that I've been to. It's a place that I know somewhat, which will make it easier. And being in that family environment, again, I say the Henry's like so grateful for them yep. to open their home to me. So yeah, really looking forward to it. And of course, young Hannah Lowry's coming yep. over as well. So it, it will be a great opportunity for her, um, you know, it's getting more looked at and getting some consistent training. Oh, I training. think she's, she's definitely getting uh, yes, looked yes. at without a doubt. When, um, there, when there's, you know, yeah. a photo of her up in Yagan Square on the yeah. on the big tele, um, billboard, I think she, she's been, got a lot of eyes on her at the moment. Yeah, no, look, she's, she's definitely um, a quality person going forward. And I think sometimes very, very much, I mean, you've got 10 positions out there on the, on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a... a a right back, left back defender, midfielder, striker, um, lots and lots of opportunities for outfield players, and, yep. and yes, exponentially there are more of them. Yeah, but for a goalkeeper, and given how goalkeepers are, the, the longevity of goalkeepers, and, mm-hmm. and you've only got to look at you know um, Lydia Williams, and um, who is the other one um, came back from pregnancy and is now. Oh, Melissa Barbieri. Barbieri, yeah. yeah. Bubs. Um, you know, you look at them, they're, they're still quality goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, so very hard for a young 18-year-old <laughs> up-and-coming goalkeeper to then push out someone who's at that age and, and basically for goalkeepers coming into their prime. Yeah, it is, you know, and I think goalkeeping, it, it is a unique position in yeah. that um, you are fighting for one spot and, um, as you say, Lydia's held that spot and she's done a great job over the past oh, I, I think she is overtaking with this cap the mm. the longest serving goalkeeper yeah. um, for the national team I think with these two games so um, that's a great achievement for her and a credit to all the work she's done and um, has obviously done a lot of work as well um, with the Aboriginal communities yep. um, her book Save I've got 
I've got in my in my bookshelf. I just find it amazing that again the FA and we lose opportunities. We yeah, we've got the the best woman player in the world in in, in Kerr, and we don't mm. use that to push the women's game here. Then yeah. for the indigenous game, you know. Um, Archie Thompson keeps on getting pushed mm-hmm. forward, um, but there's, he is not the most credentialed. I mean, Lydia Williams is yeah. the most credentialed player at that level. Again, women are leading the way in, in, in that, that field, but we don't, we don't leave her off that at all. And I think we, particularly for Indigenous players, I mean, um, naturally gifted sports people, mm. and if, you, if you're not cutting it at basketball or Aussie rules, then you know, there's, there's a fair chance you'll cut it in another sport. And I think, you know, whilst it, for them it's seen as a minor sport, um, I, as Archie Thompson has proven, you can make a great career out of it. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, Lydia's done a lot of great work with, you know, trying to promote that um, mm. within her own communities. Um, I think she's releasing a second book yeah. at the moment. Um, she's, so she, if you don't know, she writes children's yes, books. Yes, she does. Um, so she's released one called Save, which is, I think, about a kangaroo um, and you know a bunch of you know indigenous Australian animals yep. um, and looking for their 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 position in sport and ended up in goals. So yep. um, yeah, great little read for your kids. It if is. You got it. Um, and I suppose look for yourself going mm-hmm. forward. Your plan is to come back from Sydney. Yeah, and I think um, you know long term it's kind of take it as it comes at yep. the moment. But um, yeah, I think Perth is is my home and my family is here and uh, it would be great to... But if, but if someone was to give you the an, an, a W League contract and, and you know, you were in either the backup keeper or the starting keeper, you'd find that hard to knock back, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously the culture at Perth Glory this year was amazing and, you know, my family's here as well, so it is, it's an attractive option. But, yeah, um, yeah football is what I want to do. So it's kind of, you know, what I've got to think about first is is football and... And carpe diem. You've got to seize the day. If you yeah. if you get the opportunity, you can't go, ah, no, I'm, if it means I'm not living at home. Yeah. So I just look at it for, for players like Hannah and yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you're going over there and there's, there's a fair chance that someone's going to go, you know what? And they're going to put something in front of you. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's something that we're prepared for but i think yeah. it'll be something that we take as but, it comes but for me it's one of the the problems i have mm-hmm. is that the the perth glory men mm-hmm. um and also the w league we we bleed talent to the east and i'd much rather be in a situation where we were keeping it and if and i don't know what's what conversations you've had with alex or with anybody else but it'd be nice to know that they were talking to you about your future and your you're planning within their setup so that at least you had some clarity about where you were headed because without that, if someone else comes in, you've got nothing to, to stave it off with. Yeah, I think Alex was saying before earlier in the program that they do Gloria working behind the scenes to, to come up with an aggressive plan to yeah. try and keep the players they've got, which will be good because, as you say, we, we have lost some players mm. last year around the un- uncertainty. And yeah, but you've got to feel the love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, All right. We need to go to a break. Yes. And we need good. to come back with Gregor Hart. No, no, it's good, good to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I know, obviously, there's a lot of butterflies going on. It's a, it's a big move for a yeah. young lady, but um, you know, all the best for you within that. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we'll go to a break. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along. 
or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. My name is Mohammed El Mabani. I'm a coach at Punchbowl United Football Club and I coach and assist with three teams. Ever since I was seven years old, I've loved football and it's more than a t- it's like family. Not just as in you're a teammate, like you're my best friend, I got you, I got your back, whatever you need, I'm supporting you. You carry that chemistry throughout the whole season, throughout life and outside soccer as well, we're always together. I coach and assist with the under 14 girls and for them, I mean, I've talked to them about this before. Imagine if we had the World Cup in Australia. Coach, they'll be amazing. They'll be so awesome. He puts a lot of dedication into the mind, saying that I can do this, and I'll be there, and I wish to be there. And us Australians supporting Australia in our own country, it will be unreal. Get on side, Australia. One hundred seven point nine FM, your local station. Okay, that's us back in the room after the ad break. And joining us now is Gregor Hart from Asheville. Greg, good morning. How are you, mate? Good. How are you guys? Good. Very well. Um, a big weekend for you last week. First first game of the season against Subiaco, which was a, a tough encounter. And then you played a nicely refreshed MPL side in Florida in the Cup. Um Big two big games in what three days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, it was um, look. Uh, obviously, tough year last year with COVID and everything going on. Was excited to get back into normal football, competitive football. And um, yeah, Subi Subi on Saturday was a great run out for us. Um, it was the way the game went was was really unfortunate. I think uh, you know at the end of the day, a result's a result. They they. They walked away with a two-one win, um, and I think, to be honest, um, and I well, hopefully we will agree. No, we we slipped up uh, where we really should have done a lot better. First half performance was solid, uh, and then second half, a uh, very cheap goal to concede, and then one of our top players, uh, Abdullah, getting sent off. Uh, I think make life. The, the tail of the second half was discipline, wasn't it? I mean, not only did you lose yeah. one, one player to the card, you had another player that you detected lost his head and, and you had yeah. to take him off to protect him. Um, yeah, no, and yeah, unfortunately we've still got that, you know, young side. It's not, we're, we're not really looking to change the ethos. want to still promote the youth. Um, we've obviously brought in a couple more experienced bodies this season, but uh, the, the main spine of the team is to remain with the youth and, and promote the youth and, Unfortunately, um, it was a we with the positive we can take away that it's a learning opportunity. I think after the red card, some boys' emotions got the better of them, uh, and we got more involved in some of the referees' calls and uh, were, were considering the red card too much to, to sort of well, keep uh, if, you, if you look at the the replay of Football Western and good on them for streaming all the games, mm. but you know yeah. in in the lead up to that that card. Um, there's there's two very clear fouls. I mean, Richie Garcia would be out there with a very disappointed face, going the the referee decisions <laughs> went against us. But you know, the the player became indisciplined, and what he did, yeah, that's a red card offence every day of the week. But it, in the lead up yeah. to that, if if the whistle had been blown, maybe it would have been different. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. Um, I think as well, like we we still had chances to go and win that game. Um, you know, even with ten men and. I can't fault. I, I cannot fault the players. Uh, the boys that remained on the park gave absolutely everything. 
Um, well, and you know, yeah, absolutely, they did. And it was it was in the last thirty seconds of extra time that uh, Subi oh. put, put you away. And really, you know, when with and they're a good side, um, they should have probably got two or three more if they'd have really been up to it. Yeah, well, look, I, I honestly think the ten men uh, we did well. We did well to last. You know, I think I think my looking in hindsight, me still being a young coach uh, and and going off the first half performance. I wanted us to go on and bump for that win, and I think, you know, reflecting maybe it would have been better to potentially of 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 being a little bit more compact and, no. and looked up. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. Um, so then after that game, you, you had some tired bodies. Obviously, you, you, your captain in uh, James Samet was um, he's been carrying an injury and he's he's been nursed yeah. through. Um, and look. He's, he knows his body better than most, so he was um, withdrawn early in that game, and I think that that didn't help. But then he was yeah, not, yeah. then he was not available for the cup game. <clears throat> now you you're playing Floriot, you're missing some players, some key players. Um, yeah. The because of the shortages within that team and the reserves, for whatever reason, the 18s game hasn't been able to go ahead because. Basically, you yeah. filled your reserve team and your first team with some of the under 18s. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, how do you prepare for a game like that? You know, you're playing what is the the best team in the NPL, um, and you've got a, a a team that's been propped up by reserve players and, and under 18s. You, your your right back was 16 going on 17 in the first team game. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and look, it. We have a lot of them. Like Kalen Magic is another one. He's on the just turned 17 years of age. He was the yeah. captain uh, against Floriot. Um, you know, we, we've we've got young bodies to hear. There's only 21 guys in their, their very early 20s playing as well. And yeah, like it, it was a good opportunity. I think, I think you know, the, the score line doesn't reflect how the match necessarily went. You know, I think first half, the goals they conceded were, were gifted by us. The goal we scored, well-worked counter-attack, which we, we were literally looking to do. Yeah. Uh, but what what we envisioned went to plan, and then unfortunately in the second half, an early cheap goal meant that we they said, oh, do we want to keep this at a respectable scoreline? Do we yeah. want to do we want to go for it? And just with the the mentality that we have, me and myself and I car, we said, no, we want to go for it. Understanding that might be the repercussion of um, uh, some going against us. But, but and, yeah, and to paraphrase Richie Garcia, the the first the first goal they got was a foul on the keeper. It was a foul in any oh. league in the world, including this one. Um, uh, and, you know, the, yeah. he was certainly given a, a hefty shove as he was trying to get hold of the ball. And then the referee's gone, oh, there's nothing wrong with that, and played on. Now, uh, you, yeah, norm- normally, think- if you brush their shoulder, that's it, it's a free kick. Yeah. Protected species, Miranda. Uh, yeah. I don't. I was standing, I was standing in clear sight. I don't know. People think I'm biased because because of the coaching and everything, but just standing looking at the looking at the viewpoint I was from, our play, the, the referee's point was that it was our player that collided with him, but our player was literally within a meter's distance of, of touching mm-hmm. him. So I was I was baffled, um, and I think no disrespect to the referees. The referees come in and and you know give 110 percent and, and try to do the best um, for for both sides on the day, but. I, I get a bit frustrated in sort of looking at where was the linesman on that call. Cause yeah. I could see it straight from his view as well. But, yeah, it is, it is what it is, and it's just a learning opportunity for the guys. And, uh, like, playing UWA today, they just have to feel but, that. But having said that, having said that, you were one goal down against what we said is the best team in the state. Um, yeah. 
you worked your way back into the game and, and young T there had a, a wonderful run. Um, he twisted the, the, the fullback up like a pretzel and then put a cross in, yeah. which a 19-year-old striker has then just got on the end of that and, and a perfectly flicked header. Uh, and for yeah. mine, that, that was the best goal of the game. Yeah, no, it was, as I said before, like we set up to go with a low block and sort of absorb. We knew they were going to have a lot of ball and we were okay with them having a lot of ball. We just knew uh, when we got the ball back, uh, we just had to have a lot of quick forward movement to try and generate a good counter-attack and see he's brilliant in 1v1 situations and yeah, did a very good job, so... And when you look at it, I mean, statistically, it's quite funny. They scored their goal in the ninth minute. They, they did score another one just before half-time. And then the second half, yep. they scored another one after nine minutes. Now, um, some teams, even in a cup game, would go, oh, look, let's limit the damage, let's lock it up and, and play defensive for the last, uh, the last part of the half. But you didn't. But both you and Alex had a look at each other and... and you, you continued to press, continued to attack and, and structured yourself in such a way that you were going to keep going. And if you if you weren't going to win, you were going to bloody their nose. Yeah, no, look, at, I, don't, I didn't see the point in just going, oh, let's just keep it at 3-1 and, and, you know, try and, try and create a couple of attacks because I, I knew we were going to need uh, a, a number of significant chances, so that's why we just went for it. But, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was the price we paid by opening up a little bit more and, um, yeah, we just... I guess we just learned from it, really. Yeah, but having said that, that's an experience that those young players couldn't buy anywhere else. You know, where else were you going to yeah, get to play against Dean Evans and, and company? You know, it's it's a, a really good experience for them. And as I said before, young Curtis at right back, his first challenge for a 16-year-old was last year's gold medal winner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a great experience for those boys. And I think we benchmarked uh, our great performance for for 75% of the game. Um, yep. So, look, we've got to look at the positives there. So, yeah. Now, you, you mentioned last year, and, and last year you, you came into um, someone else's team. You came into an awful lot of turmoil on and off the park, and, you know, COVID was on top of that as well. Um, yeah. This year, you've, you've had the benefit, although slightly COVID-affected, of a much, much better pre-season. The, the team that you have now are people that are, are there because they want to play for you and, and they're, they're buying into the, the, the project. So I suppose from a, a, a philosophical side of things, um, you know, you've got Jimmy Sammet's come in and, and really taken a, a lead role on the park, but um, certainly a great role model for those, those kids around him. Oh yeah, look, James Sammet. Um, like I played with Jimmy. I was when I spent a bit of time at Balcao when I was still playing, and I spent a bit of time with Well Croatia. Jimmy was down there, and Jimmy's honestly <laughs> not to his horn. He's one of the best players I've played with in WA. He's uh, he's just uh, he's an he's a, he's just an experienced winner, and he's not only just a great footballer. He's, he's a great lad um, to have in your ranks amongst your club. A great clubman that really good with the youngsters um, and. I couldn't have thought of anyone else better to, to bring on board to to try and support the growth of these these talented young boys and and hopefully you know uh, direct them to to fulfilling strong potential. So yeah, yeah. Great, absolutely brilliant addition. And a lot of the the lads that you've got in that side were were in the team last year. There's the reserve side is very much built on the the 18s and reserves from from last year. Uh, and the 18s yeah. is, is, is reasonably new. But, you know, you, you've got a lot of kids between 16 and 19 playing in the reserves. And, and 
they're playing some great football and uh, their coach is doing a magnificent job with them. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think, um, you know, we've the biggest thing that I always try to, to be uh, amongst the ranks of the B18 reserves and the, and the first team is, is that we just want to make sure that at all times we're doing our best to, to, to fill to fill forwards and not backs. So, uh, uh, you know, we don't want to see too many reserves or I think players being uh, stunned from opportunity by dropping bodies down. Um, we'd rather see players coming up. And I was I was delighted last year to see a lot of boys in the reserve setup when I came in. Uh, cement regular first team start to me and our first team squad players this year. And the same with the 18th and the reserves. So, no, we're, we're delighted. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, coming off a tough year, it's just about not just bringing in the right quality of player, but I learned in the experience I had last year to bring in the right personnel and, and really make sure we bring in the right personalities uh, to take us forward. Yeah, well, uh, Curtis Ray is doing a terrific job as your, your reserve team yeah. coach. And, um, he is. You know, they beat Balcasser at the weekend and really for, yes. the, for most of the game looked solid and, and good for the win. Yeah, oh, look, I... As a, the under-20s league, I think, you know, in the NPL, one thing that I always try to say to youngsters, yeah, it's great we're trying to promote the youth in, in, in the NPL through the point system and everything like that, but I think, you know, we've got some great young players that are well up to playing at that standard in, in our setup. Um, and, you know, as it showed on the weekend, getting a great result. But Kurt, credit to Curtis. Curtis, you know, comes from, came from Gwellup, um, our, our club with a real winner mentality um, and it holds very high standards. So, you know, the boys knew, uh, knowing every single game what's expected of them um, in terms of, you know, the expectations that the club has, they should have as individuals and what, what Curtis has as a coach. So, Yeah. Um I suppose the, the philosophy of the club last year was very much round um, youth and, you know, the, the philosophy is if you're, you're good enough, you're old enough. And this year, it seems to be very much that way. You, you have brought in some, some older players that are, have got quality, um, no much yeah. more than, than James, but you also your goalkeeper, a lot of experience. Um, yeah. And then you've got kids that... that swinging between first team and resis like Alex Petri, who, you know, for the night series was the mainstay in midfield. Now he's kind of yeah. swinging between the two. How do you how do you keep the expectations of those those players that are very young who are now starting to get a belief in themselves but also keep them grounded that they're not yeah. A, yeah, a, look, a first uh, team player? <laughs> great question to be honest, you know, it's uh it's to be completely honest with you, it's tough. You know, you get kids who you know, thinking, oh, maybe, you know, I come from an MPL environment and I've, I've got my first team opportunity. I've played a number of first team games um, and, you know, go, oh, well, maybe I've dropped down a bit. But the biggest thing is, is that by bringing in more experience into the squad and only bringing in a handful of older players into the squad, um, the players have to understand that, you know, football is a privilege, you know, performances are warranted to, to be playing first team football. And for some of these kids, the, the dreams to progress and, and to go the whole way and try on a professional career in this game is the biggest thing they have to understand is, and I say to them all the time, is that I have I have no favourites. There's not anyone on the park that I will ever favour. Every single week, every single session, um, you have to merit a start. You have to merit a position in the squad. Um, and I'll be completely honest with you where you stand. And yeah. I think these, these boys who are young as well have to understand that they've done incredibly well for their age already to have the amount of first in minutes that they've already had. Um, and they're, I, I, as I've said to them as well, just because maybe you've dropped down for a handful of games, it doesn't mean that's over for you. You're still part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't see the point in a young boy 
getting 20 minutes off the bench, I'd rather go see him, uh, you know, truly develop as a player by getting loads of minutes under his belt. And I think for me, the big one, just in regards to Alex Petrie and, and, and players in a similar position, it's just to keep that confidence high. I don't want to see them, you know, it might be a great look being part of the first team squad, but it means nothing if you're not getting as many minutes as what you need to at that age. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it is interesting to watch the, them grow. And I, I suppose the other problem you've got is that, you know, and you experienced it last week, that a team sees a good a good performance. I mean, Kalen had a, a wonderful game. Even oh. for a central defender in, in a 6-1 six, six drubbing, played very, very capable football, is that some, sometimes the, the other team will look at them and go, you know what? He might do for our twenties. So, um, how do you then keep someone who who's getting the MPL dream waved in front of him and and then? Oh look, yeah, I, I think I think the beauty of, of the position I'm in is that I can relate to these players. Like I was very similar uh, to what Caelan was. Like I was at Florida as a young boy, playing first team minutes at about 17, 18. And the big thing that I said to him is is that the biggest regret that I made in my football, and I can only pass on the experiences that I've had to him, is that. Um, you know, when you're when when you are respected by a club, you're you're getting the minutes. You know, showed them the respect for captaincy for such a young age. I, I don't see why you would leave right now. You know, it, fair enough. If if someone comes in and offers you a great opportunity and it's at a higher level and it's going to put you on a bigger pedestal, then so be it. I'll never stop a player from doing that. But I think for where he's at, why does as I've said to the players like him, I said, why does that have to be now? You, you've got a great opportunity here to to play. In a competitive league, to to with the performances of you that you're having right now, yeah. players are going to struggle to push you out of the way. You're going to play week in, week out, um, and you're going to you're going to progress really far as a player in a season like this. But if a, if a club if a club has a lot of respect for you, um, a coach like myself who believes in him massively, um, why change it right now? You know, I think uh, I think for a young boy, he's got a hell of a lot of talent, and I, I don't say this about many kids, but I truly believe Caleb Magic could go the whole way. Truly yep. believe it. And when you look at it, there's a number of the, the guys that played first team at Ashfield last year that have left, gone to other clubs, who are still playing 18s in those other clubs now. So, you know, yeah. it's again, where, where do you want to develop? How do you want to develop? But there is no point in leaving where you're, you're playing first team football week in, week out to then go to, you know, um, I use Florida or, or Bayswater as an example to play 18s or 20s. Yeah. You know, it just... Uh, uh, yeah, I think that... I think that stigma really needs to be addressed in in in, uh, in for these younger players. You know, I think people look at the MPL label, and of course, the MPL is the top league. That's what we're aspiring to get to. No disrespect to the MPL whatsoever, but I think in regards to the young players, understanding, you know, I see a lot of players that will rot in an under twenties MPL environment for too long, hoping that they're going to break into that first team. Where if you get the opportunity to play week in week out, first team minutes um, in the league below. I'd take that every single day. The first team league and state league one for me, well, I think for a lot of people is is by far uh, a hell of a lot more competitive. And you know, the boys at that age are getting the opportunity to play against men. Yeah. And today you come up against uh, UWA Netherlands, who are coming off a, a four 0 loss to Frio last week. You've come off a, a closely run uh, loss to Subi last week, so both teams looking for their their first win. Um, not going to be an easy game. They, they've got a very good and experienced coach. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. No, Dom's um, Dom's got a lot of respect for Dom. He's obviously extremely well educated and um, got a significant number of years ahead of me in terms of coaching on his CV. So. Uh, playing against them last year, I remember they they played really well, structured possession based football, um, and 
great offset pieces, but you know, uh, I truly believe in in the ability of our squad, and we're uh, we're absolutely raving to go. We're so hungry for today. Um, you know, we back ourselves into going and, and get the job done with with the way we can play, and the, we, the way we know we can play when we've got certain players on the park. Um, but yeah, I, I think today's going to be a great game. Both of us are in a position where we have to come away with a three points um, and playing at home. I put uh, a hell of a lot of expectation for that to be us. Yeah, no, that's good. And and your philosophy still hasn't changed. You're still rewarding the youth and and pushing that in that direction. Yeah, always going to. You know, being a young guy myself, um, extremely grateful for the opportunity that Ashfield's given me. Um, I I want to show that you know, <clears throat> just because the player might be young doesn't necessarily mean that they're not they're not warranted the opportunity to be playing at at this level and. Uh, always going to promote youth players and always give them those opportunities that they might not get elsewhere. Um, and really delighted that the young players we've got playing in the first team are kids that maybe didn't get opportunities elsewhere. And, and this season, I have no doubt, will we'll prove to a lot of people that they're, they're capable. Definitely. All right, Greg, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck this afternoon, and I'll see you down there. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Have a great one. You too. All right, we're coming towards the, the end of the show, but we've got a couple of minutes to, to kill. And um, obviously we've got one of our team here that's, that's leaving and going over east, <laughs> as they do sometimes. I think we've, we've had one or two go over east in the past, Pen. They've actually gone to really high places, and Anno Dong is the one we like to brag about the Absolutely, most. Absolutely, yeah. World Cup the monster you created. <laughs> I'm happy with that monster, Sean. I know you are. <laughs> but... Um, You've only been with us a very short time, but you've grown on us, as you do, um, <laughs> and we're going to miss you. Oh, thanks, guys. I've I really enjoyed it here, and I'll definitely still find a way to be in, involved in the program, and it's definitely been a great experience for me as, as a young person to be in an environment like this and learning and building confidence, and I'm so grateful to you guys for teaching me and giving me this opportunity. Yeah, that was good, and we put you on the deck this morning, and you've only messed it up a couple of times. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> L plates on. <laughs> yeah, I think you've been pretty fantastic in in terms of your learning curve has been amazing. Your absorption rate has been great, and just as we've got you to the perfection level, you're now leaving. Okay, but your dad, being the IT man that is, I'm sure yeah. he's going to link us in with wherever you are and uh, let us join your journey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's got all these tech toys in the other room <laughs> that um, I'm sure he'll show you later. But, yeah, it definitely still be involved. Yeah. yeah, I was out there this morning when we came in and there's this thing. It looks like an arm ripped off a Terminator. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty specky, but apparently it will do the job. So it be, be good. be good to find out just what it's like being in the, the young Matilda's camp and, you know, the, the experiences that you have there and, and the... the um, the associations that you will build and as Penny will tell you when you're in mm. that environment they, they stay with you for the rest of your life yeah I'd actually like to know as seeing as you're going to be in a more of a hotspot for football than you are here mm. over there is uh, have, have we helped create a little bit of inspiration in you to appreciate a, a wider part of football than women's football because I'm listening to you talk about football now your obviously you know role in the show and the team is to talk about men's football as well yeah so, you know, how do you feel about that, you know, stepping away from the show and then going to a place that you can go and watch more football and be a part of the environment? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, and not just, you know, women's compared to men's football, but the different sides of women uh, in 
of football in general. I think, you know, the financial sides, the boards, the backing of, you know, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you don't necessarily think about as a player. You're just focused on, you know, when you step on between the four white lines. And um, But, yeah, I think it's definitely given me a more holistic view of the sport and its, its place in um, Australia and everything like that. So, yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant to, you know, keep learning and we never stop learning, do we? It's, it's always um, something new to learn. Yeah. I like your shirt, by the way. I thought you Thank would have you. worn a Matilda's one that's like the high level, <laughs> the glory one to brag on your last day. No, nah, I've, I've packed all my stuff, Penny. I've got my suitcase. I have to wear stuff that um, I'm not going to take away with me. But, yes, all packed and, and ready to go. Oh, you're not going, you're not going to walk around Sydney in a Perth shirt? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Um, I do. I don't know if I'd have any Perth stuff, but um, I'll definitely never forget my roots. So I'll be very proud to be um, a Perth born and raised. Brilliant. It's been good to have you part of the program. Yes. Thanks, guys. Appreciate no worries. It. And for Hugh, um, hopefully you've had a nice, safe journey out to Pinjarra in your truck. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll like you in the studio, mate, but that's okay. You, you've got to earn a crust somehow. Um, so, yeah, that's the whole team, as we say, and I'm sure Pete passes on his best wishes for you as you continue with your journey within football. Yes, thanks, guys. All right, so that's been our show this week. Thank you for listening. Lenny's on very shortly with the Jazz Show. Penny will be back in next week. San, Sans Miranda. <laughs> um, Dave Kindness, yes, good morning to you as well, Dave. We never forget you. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you for listening. Miranda, you can sign the show off and uh, put on the outro. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. appreciate you all. Goodbye. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.